he wasn't sure how the gig was going to go, but he knew that he was turning over the reins to me at the reporter to cover can. So he took me on a tour that first day I was there of a, as you might know, it's along the beautiful sandy beaches on the Mediterranean Sea, the French Riviera, the fabled Carlton Hotel. Yes. Uh, well, the the Azure Coast, and again, it's that kind of blue water that you see in all the, uh, you know, the best swimming pool ads. And he would tell me stories about Cary Grant and Grace Kelly and Orson Welles and it was like a walking travelogue, and I kind of—I was overwhelmed, you know, just a, you know, twenty-something from Wisconsin, but covering it, and I've covered it seventeen times for the Hollywood Reporter. People always ask me because they'll see it on TV, they'll see it there in Omaha, or you know, in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, and they'll see the the sound by or the uh, the the bites of you know. Brad and Angelina walking up the red carpet or George Clooney or things like that. But they sense there's really something more to that. It's just not that moment. And so people always ask me, what's it like? And everybody has their own vantage on that. My sister wants to know all about the setting. My friend Shan wants to know about the fashion. My friend Reznor wants to know about the babes. My friend Scott wants to know about... The movies, it's all these different things. And so I've always thought, and I used to discuss this with Bob all the time, writing a novel about it. And I thought, I love detective novels. It's kind of like my favorite, you know, <laughs> relax. I, I read Raymond Chandler and Dashiell Hammett and now John Sanford. And I kind of know the form, and I thought, why not plug in a film critic someone like me, but a lot better looking, and uh, have that critic get involved in a murder when he's at Cannes. And the story is this guy's being framed for killing the lead actress of the opening night film. Well, he's taken in, and it's just circumstantial evidence, and of course he's released and everything, but he knows if he doesn't figure out who did it, he's probably going to go down. And so through this character, I can take readers or viewers through all the typical festival things, the big fancy parties, the yacht parties, the great restaurants, the uh, atmospheric older town, the beautiful countryside there. And it's the festivals in May when it's like all the roses are blooming and you just smell these wonderful, you know, just wafting great smells of coffee and flowers and all that kind of thing. And I've tried to put, I put it all in my book and I framed it in a murder mystery. So that's what it is, uh, James, when you go to the beach in Kansas, I hope you get yourself a copy. Yes, indeed. Well, Don, uh, first off, I missed it. What's the name of the book? Yes. It's called, it's very simple. The red carpet at can. Uh, Okay. Well, um, uh, I look forward to reading uh, to reading it as well. So uh, I'd much rather talk about the uh, your t your uh, nineteen times going there. And what do, what what do you consider uh, the one or two top moments that that you've seen? Well, it, it's uh, it's Don. It's it's kind of like you're always pinching yourself, saying. 
am I really here? <laughs> and I, I remember what one of the, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore. Yes. We're in Kansas. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're standing there in line and there's this guy that looks like George Clooney who's uh, ordering a, a, some sort of strawberry torch. He thinks that isn't the guy that looks like George Clooney. That's George Clooney. That is Clooney. George Clooney, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is George Clooney. And, of course, George Clooney's a nice guy, and I'm always surprised if George, the George Clooney knows me, and I think, well, he should know me. I write for The Hollywood Reporter. They read that all the time. So there's all those kind of little huge moments or on a little boat, and they have these things that are called tenders, where they take you out in these little boats because the yachts, the really big ones, have to be moored 150 yards off uh, shore. And I'm riding along, and it's Roger Ebert and his wife, and we get up on the little boat, and there's George Lucas <laughs> to welcome us on. It was some sort of Star Wars uh, promotion. But it's just those kind of things where you think, am I really in this, or am I still jet-lagged? Mm. Well, let me ask so you. It just constantly happens. Let me ask you a different. Uh, are you still working for The Hollywood Reporter? Yeah, I, I live in Virginia now, and I teach at Virginia State University, but I've always continued as a reporter, and I do freelance articles for them and still write and cover festivals. One of the things when I was a, uh, a kid reviewer in the late 80s, Bob Osborne, always he always told me, Sparky, said, Sparky, never cut your ties with a reporter because it'll open doors for you. <laughs> and he pretty much always wrote for them, too, even when he was doing Turner. And I, I just, you know, <laughs> my friend or acquaintances or colleagues in L.A. will see my name in the reporter, and then they'll see me at a festival like Sundance. They'll say, Dwayne, I haven't seen you in a while. And I'll say, well... I've been out of town in Virginia, you know, but now with the internet, when I started in the eighties and, uh, actually worked on old Underwood typewriters. Now we can do it, you know, with your, your little, uh, high tech gadget and, uh, send in articles from Virginia to Hollywood. And the next thing you know, they're on, on the, the web in China. Well, you know, um, the 20 odd years that you, you've been, uh, a reporter, what have you seen the changes in Hollywood, the good and the bad? Um, there's always changes there. I remember like in the 80s, they were always saying all these videos are going to wipe out movies and, you know, or before even my time, TV is going to destroy movies. And now, uh, now there is the change, of course, with, with a new distribution with, you know, you can see movies on your cell phone and you can have access to them on your TV set. The, it's still the basic, it's still the same old story, the fight for love and glory that, you know, although the distribution has changed, it's, you know, the fundamentals are still there. And what I've found a change that I don't like, and I guess I'm entering old codger territory now is the distressing change to kind of make everything about the technology. Um, you know, is this explosion bigger than the explosion we had before? You know, I'm, as you can guess, I'm not a real big fan of the superhero movies and things like that. I go more for movies simplifying, you know, a boy, a dog, and you know, his girlfriend kind of thing. Human movies rather than 
special effects movies. So I think from a personal point of view, that's been my kind of uh, gripe about the change. Well, do you think that the small movie, the movies that, uh, uh, let's say, Marty or something like that, uh, simply don't have a place now in Hollywood? Well, um, when I was, again, as in the 80s as a kid at The Reporter, I went to this festival up in Utah, and it was a little, it was an unknown festival at the time because even after a few years inside Hollywood, I wanted more smaller human stories. And so I guess one of the favorite things I've done over the years at the Hollywood Reporter, I've been going since I was a college student to the Sundance Film Festival since the mid-80s. I remember when I first covered it, nobody had heard of Sundance. None of the you know real veteran reporters wanted to go there. Robert Redford was really distressed because Hollywood basically ignored it. And I remember when I first went, he wanted me to interview him. And he was like at the top of you. He just made Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and the Sting. And I was this 20-something-year-old film student who had, you know, was just two years away from Wisconsin. And I remember meeting Bob at the old uh, Main Street City Hall in Park City. And there was no one around him and no, pay, no one paid attention. But I loved Sundance because of the little films there. And over the years, I was lucky enough to review such films as Reservoir Dogs or Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Movies like that, that were small movies, but then went on to establish careers of, you know, terrific directors. So I still go to Sundance and I still love those. And I hope and I think there will be still, you know, venues for these. Maybe it'll be on our, you know, cable TVs or cell phones or whatever, because technology has made it actually easier and cheaper for outsiders to make movies. You don't have to be a big studio anymore like you did in the uh, 70s. Well, let's turn it around. You, before you went to a movie because you, you, you wanted to be with someone, you know, it was a date or something, the family, etc. Um, yeah. Uh, now with all this technology, uh, I think I saw a statistic that we see more more, more um, movies by ourselves than we do with uh, uh, one or one or more other people. Now than uh, we do that more by ourselves than with other people, and that that trend is growing more. What do you say to that? Well, I, I grew up in, again in the area where it was a great thing to go to the Saturday night movie. And, you know, uh, even those guys without dates would, you know, meet for pizza afterwards. And I remember, you know, spending the magnificent sum of $2 to see The Graduate <laughs> way back in the 70s. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I, I, I kind of I miss that. And I, I don't, again... <laughs> maybe just positing the young folks today don't know that experience, but I teach college and I also know they have the experience where they invite their friends or their girlfriends or their wannabe girlfriends over their dorm rooms and they, uh, you know, watch, you know, uh, they stream stuff or they watch it on Netflix and they have this uh, new thing that you might uh, approve of called cuddling uh -huh. or they think is new. 
<laughs> I was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they do it on a couch, and I guess we used to have to do it in the back seat of a car or in some stiff theater seats with uh, sticky uh, uh, Coca-Cola on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, that, uh, and the dr- drive-in movie. But, um, yeah, I, I love those. I always went to the Francis the Talking Mule movies with my parents. <laughs> that was a great experience. But uh, let me ask you this question. We we had movie stars like Clark, Clark Gable, etc. Yeah. That, that were icons. Yet, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, I only see it from the New York Post, but I don't see that there are any real giants of uh, in stardom today. Am I... Boy, boy, are you are you preaching to the choir? <laughs> I remember the first time in 1994 walking along the sands of Cannes and Bob Osborne and him looking up at the Carlton Hotel and is saying, you know, the stars today just aren't the same as when I can see Cary Grant and Grace Kelly up on there and I see Clark Gable and now who are these people? And... Uh, I was kind of thinking, well, Bob, I kind of agree, but maybe you're slightly losing touch. Well, I've found in my protagonist in my novel, Don, is uh, someone who feels that same way, that they're no longer the big icons that they were. And I guess what you got to do is realize that maybe, uh, for, for us anyway, Cary Grant has morphed into George Clooney, and George Clooney will morph into some 20-year-old that you and I don't even know who he is yet. He had uh, George Clooney, um, who I like uh, as an actor. Uh, I don't think could hold a, uh, a, a candle to Cary Grant because uh, he Grant was a, a an idol, and uh, Clooney is just to my way of thinking a, a star. And there's a big difference between the two. Well, you, you and I, you and I are so on the same page. In well, fact, I think I always used to kid Bob Osborne because I'd be watching Turner Classic Movies and they'd come on with North by Northwest, which is one of his favorite films. And people always ask me, what's your favorite movie? And I'd say, well, it's kind of apples and oranges. But the one I've seen the most is North by Northwest. Mm. And I think there's no bigger star than Cary Grant in that gray suit. And actually, Don, my plot is pretty much the same as North by Northwest in that the protagonist gets caught up in an international intrigue, which makes no sense at all to him. And he's got to figure it out before the authorities do him in. And my uh, protagonist, the film critic, his name is Ryan Hackbart is always trying to think what would Cary Grant do in this situation? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we go further, I don't the, think name any... of, the name of your book again for our audience. Yeah, it's called The Red Carpet at Cannes, and you can get it on Amazon. And, uh, again, if you love old movies or you reference old movies, um, the, this is where I, I dedicated it to Bob Osborne, actually, because when uh, I started it, he encouraged me to start it. And then I wrote a first draft, and he, he gave me some feedback. It was really, a, you know, he's a very sweet guy, but it was a very tough. It wasn't tough criticism. It was really on-the-ball criticism. And then he read a future uh, thing, and he, he said, 
you got to finish to this. Uh, I can't wait to read the finished product. So anyway, if I guess what I'm saying is if you love, if you watch Turner classic movies, I think you might like my book. <laughs> well, I know I, I have to say, uh, I'm a member of, of a tent, a Laurel and Hardy tent. And, uh, oh, and, great. <laughs> but, uh, but also every month we go, we go up, we go up to Ellenville in New York. Uh, a friend of ours who has 7,000 movies. on. In, oh. Uh, but, and not on tape. They are, you know, 30, 32 or, or uh, 16 millimeter. And we see that. Yeah. Oh. And, and, you know, the, the people in that audience are real buffs. They'll not only tell you um, the star, they'll tell you who... Did uh, who dressed them? Uh, yeah, know, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a world. But we're talking about you. But uh, I, I, and I'm glad. I never know who Jiggy's going to invite on the program. So, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but let me, let me ask you, you: You, what do you teach at the university? I teach at Virginia State University, and I'm kind of a hybrid guy because. My background is journalism, of course, writing for The Hollywood Reporter, but my area of expertise is film, you know, being the film critic and uh, film reporter. So I teach a hybrid of courses. I teach journalism courses, and I also teach th th uh, things like film history and appreciation, film genres where I'm being partial to screwball comedies and thrillers, and uh, I also teach a, a course in film writing. Mm. Well... <laughs> Uh, you, you keep busy, don't you? Yeah, well, I'm kind of a hyper guy. And I'm, I, you know what? I had so much fun writing this novel that I've decided to make it as a, hopefully it'll survive, but as a franchise series where my critic goes to all these festivals and gets or award ceremonies and gets involved in a crime. So I'm currently writing uh, the second one right now. It's called Sundown at Sundance. And, and again, which again, I've covered... Same yeah, I've covered that. Same third. Yeah, the same protagonist and a couple of core characters. So, oh. and then the third one is going to be uh, is, is actually going to be set at a university setting because I've covered a lot of festivals there, and I've got another a, a fourth one that's set within the art world of Beverly Hills. So, I've had a lot of. I've been very lucky. I've had experience. I've covered the Oscars twelve times. I've been to the Grammys. I've cover the Emmys, the Golden Globes, all these kind of things. And people always want to know the nuts and bolts. And my character is going to take them through those nuts and bolts behind the scenes, but within the framework of a, a mystery novel. And a mystery novel in the sense that you'll probably appreciate that. I was always a big fan of the Thin Man series, mm. uh, Nick and Nora. So there's okay. a romance involved, too. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, I have to have romance. Without a yeah, you have to have romance. Yeah, and so it has a lighter touch too. It's not the, even though there, there's some you know thrilling and you know kind of a criminal activity. It has that light touches. I always loved the dialogue in the Thin Man movies, and uh, I've tried to replicate it in uh, my novel, The uh, Red Carpet at Cannes. So, well, let me we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, uh, I may I may throw you a curve on this one. But what do you think of Ben Hecht? Ben Hecht is unbelievable. He is my hero because, 
See, I like screenwriters that came from the newspaper tradition. At a university, I always hear all these film as literature types, but the best screenwriters came from newspapers, and Ben Hecht writing everything from Scarface to 20th Century, that guy could do it all, and he had great dialogue, and I always loved those. You know, it was written by Ben Hector, a newspaper man. I'm, I'm partial to him. I look, one of the things I really loved about the reporter, when I used to sit next to Bob Osborne, he used to say, we're so lucky, and we'd sit down and look at the room. And it was truly like a Damon Runyon-esque type place. So we had a real cast of characters. And we're all kind of eccentric in our own way, but we're really talented crazy, <laughs> overachieving bunch. And that's where uh, Bob kind of planted it with me. you got to write about this place someday. Hmm. It's sad uh, he's no longer with us. Um, you know what? I, I still, we used to, in his later years, uh, communicate with email all the time. And so I've kept all his emails. They're just wonderfully funny, just sweet. Um, I get an email from Bob and say, I'm sitting here on the Champs-Élysées reading your brilliant obituary of Michael Cimino, having a glass of wine, and later this afternoon I'll go, I'll go visit Olivia, meaning Olivia de Havilland. <laughs> and I've got all these really great emails from Bob that I, that I kept. So in a way, I'm kind of in denial that He's no longer living, but in, in a way, he's still alive for me. And like I said, I was presumptuous enough to dedicate this book to him. Well, uh, uh, I, for one, couldn't agree with you more about everything you're saying about it, about him. You know, we have a few a few minutes left. Uh, a few minutes left. Well, uh -huh. let, let me. I you talk about uh, the the Thin Man series. Uh, Etc. In today's modern world, have you seen any recent movie that you feel uh, carries on the tradition? Boy, oh no, I gripe about it all the time. I mean, I used to love, I guess it was in the 80s, Moonlighting with Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard. But now these, these comedies, one, I don't know if there's a sense of romance anymore. Hmm. And, and two, the, the writing is, is, is just, again, with mass international marketing, seems to be um, directed toward the least demanding teenagers. So once in a while you'll get a Vince Vaughn movie or maybe they're all watered down. And the thing that I don't like about them is you never root for the people to get together or to be together because you can see they're wrong for each other, or in the worst cases, they're just jerks. Uh, so, we uh, uh, yes. want to make a quick little announcement here on our broadcast. We have a, a brand new affiliate, uh, AMFM. Uh, Pete, well, you're going to have to hold like on, my friend. We've got previous guests here. You've got to hold line, my friend. <laughs> uh, uh, we've got a... Uh, 
all sorts of craziness going on today here on our broadcast. But uh, we have got a, uh, a new affiliate, uh, AMFM247.com. You know, they have a fantastic new station. I don't, I don't know what I've got a phone here in Washington, D.C. We're streaming our show to them, and we have got all the details on our website at gbjigwag.com. However, we are live on 967FM in Woodbridge, Virginia. We've got Don Mazzella. We Virginia, have, yeah, that's where I am. We, and and we have our uh, great guest too. Um, so, I I, I want to know from from you, my friend. Um, what do you want readers to take away from your writing of this great book? I want them to. I want them to have the really special experience I've always had of being in a place that you normally don't get to go to. It's a magical world. It's something you see on TV. But I'll tell you, even seeing it on TV and it looks so great, I hope to give them a kind of a sensory, emotional feeling that they were at the festival. They understand it. They, they understand the thrill of being around celebrities. They also appreciate the, the kind of uh, sleight of hand they might be seeing in the media. I just want them to, you know, be transported uh, to another world. Again, it's like we're no longer in Kansas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, well, let's let them go. Uh, I, for one, hope that you send an email so we can exchange uh, off the air. I'd just love to talk to you again. I really appreciate talking to you guys, and uh, and I really feel that you, it's refreshing to talk to someone like you, Don. As I, I think we're on the same page about movies, and uh, it, it, it's it's really great. I wish I was up there in New England. I'd, I'd buy you a, a tall beer right now. Well, if you ever come to New York, you've got to meet the, the people at uh, the Nellaville. Um, you would really enjoy it, but but that's for another time. Uh, Okay, well, I'll, I'll take a rain check on that other time. I'd be, I'd be thrilled to do it. You got it. Before, before we let you go, Don, how do we find you online and uh, get your books and everything else? Yeah, you can, you can find me online uh, and contact me at uh, D-U-A-N-E-B-Y-R-G-E dot com, and that's all lowercase. And also... You can Google me, too, and get the information to reach me through Facebook or LinkedIn. Well, uh, Don, well, we'll do that. Don, Don, uh, yeah. Don, Don, Don Mazzella, I know that uh, you you represent uh, and, and always root for the uh, Ro- Robotics uh, Foundation. Tell us, tell, tell us about that. The National Robotics Education Foundation. Yes, indeed. The oh, okay. NREF.org. Where we try to encourage uh, the uh, adoption of the robotics into oh, terrific! So that's what we try to do, and you can also donmazella.com. You can re- learn about my book, and of course, to sbdigest.com. That's where my shows are on. Well, I got on in, into all of this through Jiggy, so that's my. I'm always available for Jiggy. Oh, I'm so glad you're available here for me to talk with you today. So oh, let's gotta, get in touch with each other. Then. Okay. 
Uh, well, well, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm always willing to talk about old movies to uh, a real uh, connoisseur of the the great cinemas. Definitely. Well, well, thank you guys, and uh, we will oh, talk to you soon. You. you got it. Okay, it, gentlemen. There talk they go, and uh, we are going to uh, say goodbye for this week, and uh, we'll see you next time here on our world famous Cheeky Jake Wire Radio broadcast. Attention, this is a public notice from Citizens Disability. If you are one of the millions of Americans who are disabled and unable to work, you may be entitled to disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right if you suffer from a physical or mental disability. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied, 